Okay, so I'm joined today all the way from Santorini, and his name is Gianluca Kimenti. Did I say that correctly? Yes, correct. Kimenti. Good morning. Welcome, Gianluca. Um, You're welcome. So what time is it there now? About 10, 10 a.m.? So right now in Santorini, it's exactly 10 o'clock. Okay, so it's 5 p.m. on Wednesday in Brisbane, Australia, where I'm currently sitting and it's winter but our winters are very mild so oh so over here the temperature is around 25 celsius sun so much sun already and it no was clouds 24 here so there you go we're on parallel oh. weather patterns at the moment but that will change in the next month or so Gianluca, um, I get the sense that you are italian is that right yes i'm italian Actually, I'm Sicilian 100%, oh, but Sicilian. I moved to this wonderful island of Greece, Santorini. You know, last time I was, well, last, and I'll ask you more about that. Last time I was in Greece, I actually ended my trip in Sicily. Um, oh, wow. Where? Taormina? Uh, no, actually, uh, Catania and Catania. mostly in uh, Ortigia Island. Ortigia, okay. Which, which was lovely, really nice. So I, I wish we'd had time mm -hmm. to see more, but we really enjoyed it. And a lot of Greek uh, places of to course. discover. On There are so many settlements in their archaeological sites that belongs to the Greek, Greek mm. period. Mm, some of those temples were incredible. Yep. Um, so tell me, how did you end up on Santorini? What's your, what's huh. your story? So, the story began, began about uh, 15 years ago. I was uh, attending the University of Engineering in Italy, Aerospatial Engineering. I was actually completing my three years graduation, but I was already working seasonally over here in Santorini because my brother was working on the island uh, before than me. Uh, I was married with a Greek woman, so it was easier to, for me, younger brother, to come on holidays in Santorini, who doesn't want to come. Mm -hmm. Spending one month or one month and a half uh, on holiday in Santorini for a, a 20 years old boy, I think is just a dream, as you mm -hmm. know, like Mamma Mia. Mm -hmm. uh, everything has started over there because actually I fell in love with the island. Mm -hmm. The island, I say, is a magnet for any, any person that has positive energy. Uh, the island is a magnet. So yep. if you come first time at least once, you need to return back. It's and certainly something, a, a very special place, and there's nothing like it anywhere else on the planet. Totally. I've been traveling a lot. I'm Sicilian, so another amazing island in the world. But the feelings that you can prove over here, you can taste in Santorini, is not just the caldera, it's not just the volcano, it's not just the blue domes, it's everything. You know, Santorini, for people that believe so much in the ancient history of the world, uh, let you believe in myth and legends. Mm -hmm. When you go around the island and you imagine the caldera, you imagine the island and how it was, you go in the archaeological site of Akrotiri, you feel uh, that today actually we are nothing compared to the past. Mm -hmm. Today we think to be so developed just because we have laptops, uh, engineers, uh, iPhones and, and the salt. But actually, when you get inside in archaeological site of Akrotiri and you go around, you see uh, the way of building of the houses, the kind of uh, perfection, I would say, how they cut the piece of the rocks and the, set, the, the setting of the Agora, for example, of the mark, is a 4,000-year-old city and you feel so small. Mm -hmm. Santorini needs so many things. Most of the people, unfortunately, I would say because they travel just for a few days, 
They think that Santorini is only Ia and Fira with the blue domes and the view of the caldera. Mm -hmm. For who is going to spend a few days on the island, I would suggest to have uh, adventure spirit. I like to say it like this because you, to fill the island, to discover the island, you don't have to lie uh, sunbathing all the day in caldera. I know mm -hmm. that it's amazing, relaxing with the caldera view. Uh, of course, if you have a, a jacuzzi or swimming pool, it's better. But if you want to learn more about Santorini and to understand really what doesn't mean Santorini, you need to go around. You need to walk in the little villages, not so tourist, mm. uh, not so touristic. Mm. You have to eat in, not just in the luxury restaurant in the Caldera, but to mm -hmm. try as well a, a, a local tavern where actually you see people, they don't speak English because they are real locals. It's a different way to live the, the island. Yeah, we really love the interior village, uh, Piagos. It's, it's my, my favorite one. Yesterday oh, okay. we did the first tour, and this tour that I set it up for Santorini is called Discover the Through Santorini, and we started actually from Pyrgos. We go around, the, Pyrgos is like a labyrinth, because mm, it, it was <laughs> a, a village built uh, during the Venetian domination. So it was actually built like a fortress city. There are still the ruins of the castle in the middle. If you came uh, uh, on the island, you, you know. Um, and it's, uh, it's amazing to walk into the village and to go around following the little path from narrow path through the narrow streets, and, because actually you can get lost as well if you know the village. But you see easy, simple, traditional things. The mm. churches, the houses, is not everything perfect like in here. Mm. Okay. No, absolutely. It's 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 authentic Greece, and right, people great. are still people are still living their lives there, going about their day, living. You know, people have lived there their whole lives, haven't they? Multi generations. So, and they're not all in the tourism industry, and people still have various small businesses. They're growers or farmers or um, whatever bakers. Yeah. Whatever they might be. Small souvenir shops where you see the grandma or in any case, the woman of the family that is carrying out the shop. But you see that she's not a businessman or a businesswoman. It's not like Inia or Fira where you see that actually all of them or islanders or not are businessmen. Okay. Yeah. They set it up for just for making money. Mm -hmm. But Pyrgos and like Megalochori as well or the village of mm -hmm. Iborio. Yeah. or the village of Akrotiri. They are simple villages, really small, Then, when you get inside, you feel Santorini. You really feel what doesn't mean Santorini today. Mm. Santorini today, as I said at the beginning, is not just the Blue Dome, it's to understand why Santorini is so famous. Mm. Who are the people that made Santorini so famous? Are the people that are the result of many dominations, uh, many history, so much history. Santorini mm -hmm. has almost 30 museums on the island. So when you go through the villages, walking in Pyrgos or walking in Megalochori, and actually in August, you think to be on an island that is crowded. Yeah. But if you walk in Megalochori, also in August, at two o'clock in the afternoon, there's nobody on the road. Yeah. I think that's very good advice, and it's something I certainly encourage people to do as well. It is very hard to tear yourself away from that um, that caldera view and that swimming pool clinging from the cliff. I know I've been there and it can be quite tempting to just stay there the entire time. Um, but you're right, there's so many other great things to see and do on the island. And I think 
far more than people realise. A lot of people in years gone by, as you know, have maybe been a bit concerned about visiting Santorini. They see the footage of the cruise ships that used to come in, the heaving crowds on the um, down there at Ia trying to see the sunset of an evening. And I guess the one good thing that may have come out of this pandemic is that certainly this year, um, those crowds probably won't be there. But as you say, there's so many other things that you can still get out and see and do. So uh, you mentioned Akrotiri, yeah. and of course, that's something, again, that I recommend people go to see. But what are the other things? I mean, uh, wineries. Now, Santos Winery, one of the best lunches so, we've ever had. You, it's a really nice uh, matter. Wine, wines in Santorini is one of the best thing to enjoy of course like food you know well i i, I don't i don't think people realize that the santorini wines particularly the white wine they're circical. um that they're so good yeah, and of course it's one of the best all over the world the acetical wines won so many prizes all over the world is a kind of grape that is amazing the quality is just amazing and comparing as well to fair world famous wines all over the world acetical comes to the first 10 uh, you mentioned the Santo Wines. Santo Wines, of course, yeah. is a perfect location for many reasons. First of all, you can enjoy a wine tasting yeah. during a sunset on the Caldera. So as you know, it's a, it's a must uh, location that you have to visit during your stay in Santorini. It's nice. Absolutely, you have to book in advance because it's, of mm -hmm. course, limited. Uh, the capacity also, of course, of the cause of the COVID situation as well. The view is, I did just yesterday during my, my tour, sure. and um, you taste the wines, you can actually decide how many wines you're going to taste. You start from the sparkling, because right now, Santorini is not producing just the wine. Santorini is a small island, but as you know, Greece in general is a, a big country uh, producing so much wine. Santorini is producing right now about 10 different kind of wines. Mm. We start from, this, as well, with something like a champagne, there is a local one. Acirtico, as you mentioned, is the best wine, by mm -hmm. my opinion, uh, produced on the island. Perfect when you are eating fish. Yep. Is uh, If you are drinking it really cold. It's very good. In fact, I've got a bottle in the fridge here. But, so there are places oh. that you can buy it in Australia. Um, it's certainly come a long way from Retzina yes. and Domestica. <laughs> which were te yeah, terrible know. wine. It's awful stuff. Um, but these days, yeah, people are quite surprised. I've, I've taken many friends to Greece and they're always quite shocked at how good the wine is and very affordable. And the other thing we love about Greece is that they love a carafe, you know, the half bottle, which um, I wish they'd bring that in here because I think it would be, you know, <laughs> much better suited. For yeah, them. of course, of course. But it's not just artistic or santo wine because we to be correct, Santorini has so many different wineries. Uh, you, you talk about the wine. If you, because Santorini yep. wines is really important, it's is part of the history of the island. Uh, who comes to the island should visit as well the museum mm. of, the, of the wine. The winery museum of Kutsuyanopoulos that is located in mm -hmm. Messaria. It's a, an amazing example of uh, how was important for the islanders the wine production. Because they actually they were making commercial business mm -hmm. with the islands around, but with also with other countries during the domination of the Venetians. So when the Duke of Naxos uh, was established and actually dominating 10 islands, the Venetians were making commercial business selling wines. And Santorini was one of the best locations to produce wines. 
The winery of Kutsuyanopoulos is so old, is a Messaria, is a, there are the tunnels under the earth where you can visit part like uh, the way they were producing the wines and there's still bottle uh, that are more than 50, 60, 70, 100 years old. There's one bottle of Vinsanto that is one of the oldest one in all Greece. It's certainly a very unique um, style to see the vines curled up on the ground. That's something that a lot of people don't expect and are often very confused about. And we explain to them that it's because of the wind um, or the Meltemi that comes through, of course, in summer. But I think the flavor of the wine is quite unique because of the sea spray, right? It it gets this kind of saltiness. It's not just the, 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 the sea. It's the way they're producing the wines. Who came in Santorin, the first thing uh, when you're going around that they will notice is the way how uh, we grow up the grapes. They are not standing like a normal country all over the world. Yep. The grapes are growing in the shape of a basket because the island is so windy. And as you know, it's not raining so much. So to use, to keep humidity into the basket, they, they do this shape of, gas, of basket with... Uh, with the leaves making an umbrella, the grapes is covered and stand at the center, so it's covered and protected by any any um, weather conditions, wind, say uh, raining, snowing, because sometimes it's snowing, the island is crazy, mm. but as well the volcanic earth, uh, so many with so many minerals, and the pumice, they're be- yep, creating yep. the perfect. Uh, situation to produce not wine. unlike Sicily, right? With the um, the, vol- the volcanic terroir, terroir, yeah, I believe course. it's like called Sicily. the yes, of condition course. of the soil. So we have a lot of wine, great wine here in Australia too. Yeah. So I'm a bit of a wine snob, I have to confess. Oh. Gianluca, what about other things? I'm just thinking off the top of my head. I know one thing that many people love to do on Santorini is hiking, and particularly the hike between Fira and Ia. Fira and Ia, yeah. Yes, so the island of Santorini actually is, uh, uh, is the perfect island where you can enjoy any kind of tour. You can enjoy, enjoy hiking, you can enjoy trekking. You mentioned the hike. The hike is between Fira, that is the capital, and Ia. When we do the hike, it's about three hours of hike. Is walking between, through the villages of Fira, Fira Stefani, Nimerovigli. Then when we get out from Imerovigli and we start walking, we are actually we are actually on the cliff of the of the caldera and overlooking mm. the ocean. Mm. So you have amazing views. Uh, you should take two hours and a half, but everybody stops to take pictures. When you go through, you see uh, churches built in caves and small churches and chapels that belongs to the period of the fifteenth, uh, sixteenth century after Christ. And then when you get in here, so after all this ray. You get in here and you see, of course, another world because here is here. You see a wide and blue settlement, amazing village, standing on the cliff like snow, uh, amazing hotels with pools, and you see the ruins of the Venetian castle, you see the women. Yeah, it's iconic. A, it's an iconic view that you just dream about and one day you can't course. believe you're actually standing there looking at it. Exactly. Everybody, when it comes to Santorini, should... And, and goes to Ia, thinks to be like in a, in a, in a, in a cadre, in a, it's not in a, in, a, in a fairy tale, let's say. Yep. It's like a fresco Absolutely. where you, you're going to be part of the fresco. But the second, the second Ike, sorry, Sandy, uh, the second Ike, because there's not just this Ike. The island is really famous for so many parts. 
and path route. There's an ike, for example, between the village of Pyrgos and Prophetas Elias. There is the highest point of the island where we have the monastery. And the same path route that is the old path route that the islanders were walking when was not allowed to be Turkish or Greek. When they was not allowed to be, uh, uh, to be Greek and Orthodox, so during the Turkish domination, people were going into the monastery on top of the hill where they're doing in a hidden way, they were still uh, transmitting the Orthodox religion and of course the Greek language. And these path roads are amazing because they are passing through all the villages, going up to the hill, and they as well reach Mesa Buno, where stands um, ancient Thera. It's the second archaeological site of Santorini, where we have uh, uh, amazing view, of, of course. is the city built by Theras, that was the hero of the Spartans that came on the island, thousand after Christ. And there's also, of course, the volcano. Is that a difficult hike? No. The difficult uh, is just the time. You have to take it slowly, and of course it's better to don't try to do when it's really warm and hot. I mean, certainly that the first one we talked about is not arduous, but as you say, it can get very hot. So the biggest problem is the yeah, sun. The, <laughs> the problem is the, the temperature. So you have to decide uh, the slotting time when you're going to join something like this. Yeah. I would suggest to do in the afternoon so that you arrive in here for the sunset. Mm. But, of course, bring water with you, a hat, absolutely, uh, trekking shoes, because it's really important, because the path read ash and rock. So mm. it's a little bit slippery. And and don't 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 rush. Just enjoy the views, enjoy the path, and take it slowly. Yep, good advice. I'll tell you one of my, well, actually, probably our all-time favorite activity to do in Santorini is a sunset cruise. I know it might sound a bit cliched, but... It really is so special. When we did it, we actually were there, I think, over a religious weekend or something. It was super busy and there were no sunset cruises available. Luckily, being married to a Greek, he went out and hustled (laughs) and came (laughs) back with a fishing boat. Um, Some fisherman, Captain somebody or other, um, took us out on his boat and we had the most incredible afternoon we stopped in at that little village i can't remember what it's called but it's right down no, it's a village, ah, the village a village on on uh, the main island and it's right down on the water and we is uh, a crotiri it, it could be a possibly and his mother came and gave him an esky full of food. Um, you know, she'd made all the souvlaki and, and he had a barbecue on the back of the boat and we swam in the, in the warm hot springs. And once that sun goes down, I mean, it's great to be up there on the cliffs looking at it, but I think it's even more special to do it on the water. You are absolutely right, Sandy, because uh, the island, to really enjoy the caldera, you have to be in the caldera. So yeah. what's better to enjoy a, a cruise? Uh, cruises for the sunset, there are so many. Actually, as a local travel agent, uh, uh, I'm organizing uh, at least five or six different kind of tours for sunset. For any, yeah. any budget, any, any taste and any need for the customers. Of course, uh, the luxury one is the catamaran cruise. The catamaran cruise mm-hmm. with a limited number of guests uh, is a, a, a relaxing, actually, cruises. Starting from the south, you go close to all the coastline, the famous south coastline of Santorini. So actually you see the red beach that unfortunately we, we have to say the red beach is no more allowed to walk in, to walk down 
fell down part of the path. It's really dangerous to try to walk down. Yep, yep. Is it still closed, the red beach? It's still closed because there's a right. part of the hill that is ready to fall. So Absolutely. It's, it's really it's very dangerous. <laughs> because tourists try to get it. And unfortunately, sometimes we have accidents. So it's better yep. to don't do that. Yep. Getting back to the cruises, when we start from Blicada and we start breathing all the south coastline of Santorini, you go close to the red beach, you see the white beach, you see small bays that actually they don't know, they don't mention, like Mesa Pigadia. So Mesa Pigadia mm -hmm. means lettery in a pot. Pigadi is a Greek word that means pot. Mesa uh, means mean. It's a small bay where we really enjoy snorkeling because it's full of fish. So when you go mm -hmm. jumping into the water, clean turquoise water, you see the bottom, you enjoy your swim, you enjoy your relaxing, but as well snorkeling. And oh, then keep keep going to the south till the Venetian uh, uh, lighthouse. There's an, a point we used to say, you, we used to call Indian rock. There's a, a, a eel that is the shape of the face of an Indian with a, mm -hmm. with a nose and the mouth. And then mm -hmm. we go to the lighthouse and comes the time to get into the caldera. When you go around the lighthouse and you get into the caldera, the first emotion, you say, oh, wow, what's that? Because you see the two new volcanic islands in front of you. You see Ia far away that looks like snow. And all the mm -hmm. villages like Fira, Fira, Stefani, Merovigli. At the beginning, it's, uh, you can understand there are villages. You really think that it's like snow. So yeah. uh, when you start cruising and you go close to the volcanoes, you see all the lavas, multicolors, multiple layers you feel to be in, in, in the, you are reading the history of the island, of the volcano, through the island. Each color yeah. belongs to a different period, to the different eruption, uh, as a different history, a story. The second option for the Sunset Cruise, for people that want to discover the volcano, because Catamaran's cruises don't give you the opportunity to stop on the volcano, are the traditional boats. We do a lot of um, different tours with the small culettes. There's also a pirate ship a really pirate ship still uh, equipped with cannons on, like uh, Jack Sparrow, let's say. Mm -hmm. And yeah. all of the, both of them, there are two big uh, big boats. They are opening the sail. So you feel to be on a gullet sailing through the sunset. And they're stopping. So you've discovered a volcano going up. There's tour guides. So it's nice if you want to be at the center of the caldera. When you go up to the volcano, the volcano is active. Of course, there's no lava because we are in the caldera, but you have steams really warm on top. And most of the people really enjoy to, to have a try because there are some old... Have you been on the volcano, Sandy? Yeah, yeah. My, we, I didn't swim there. My son um, quite enjoyed it. Um, I, all that water is way too black for me. <laughs> I like to see the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when you walk on the island, not just swimming in the springs, when you stop in oh, okay, many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, when you stop yeah, no, the and you walk on and you go till the, the, the upper crater and you try the steams, you yep. feel um, uh, surprised because it's really, really warm and you don't expect it beginning. Yes. And, and it then smells. You, of course, it <laughs> smells a lot. And then as well, the island of the fishermen. This is a place that I love, Firasia. I don't know if you've be, ever been. Yes. No, well, I was going to ask you, um, you mentioned it earlier, and again, it's something I've written about. Most people don't realize that Santorini is actually more than one island. As you say, it really is. Of course. Five. Okay, all Santorini right. Santorini is an archipelago. Most of the people, Thirasia belongs to Santorini as well. Yep. And Thirasia is really, well, they tell me it's what 
the big island of Santorini used to be like 20 years ago. Maybe more. Let's say 50. Okay. But very authentic, very... Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Like stepping back in time. Yeah. You mentioned about the islands. It's a, a mistake that everybody uh, is making. Santorini is yep. not an island. Santorini actually is a small archipelago. He has five islands. He has Thira, that is the main island where we have the airport with all the population, most of the population lives. Then we have Thirasia, that actually means the small Thira, that is a northwest of Ia. So it's the island that we see in front of Ia, and we used to call the Crocodile Island, because that's the shape of the head of yeah. a crocodile. Then we have Aspronisi at the south, close by to the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. There's a little island, mm -hmm. it's not uh, inepidated, it's white and black, it's an islet, an islet. And then we have the two volcanic islands, Palia Kameni, mm -hmm. that means literally the old burn island that belongs to 40 seeds after Christ, where everybody knows for the hot springs, for the thermal springs where we are going to swim. Most of mm -hmm. the boat stops in the, in the shallow waters, you have to swim too. And to do uh, the bath, the spa, with, uh, if you try for sure, with... Um, uh, the materials and the minerals you're gonna find the mud. In the, bay. the yeah. mud. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Neakameni, that is the newest island in Europe. Santorini yeah. okay. is the newest island in Europe because it became, um, appeared in 1577 after Christ. Actually, right. it's part of five different islands that by the eruptions uh, have, been, um, have been connected each other. You have to think like yeah. a cake where chocolate were covering all the islands, making yeah. them once. So today we have five islands. The old islands, there are actually the remains. What is remaining from the big eruption of the Minoan time? There is Thira, Thirasia, and Aspronisi. Thirasia. Yeah. Thirasia is an island of 200 inhabitants. Yeah. Mm, actually, all of them are fishermen or captains. Uh, yeah. Legends, myth, but also uh, the new era said that they are the best uh, sailormen, the best people that you need, you want on a boat. Also right. on, on ferries as well, uh, uh, to, to understand, there are ferries, big companies that are bringing people from this island. Because it's, mm. it's a small island where nothing actually connects you to Santorini, to the main one. So from mm. five years old, they have to learn how to use a boat. It's a way yeah. to understand how was the life of Santorini 50 years ago. There's a ghost village on top called Manolas. Uh, that up, during the earthquake, you know, the big earthquake of 1956 uh -huh. um, destroyed, unfortunately, most part of the island, especially yeah. whatever was on the cliff. And the same thing happened as well in Thirasia. So people escaped, left the mm -hmm. island and moved to, most of them moved to Piraeus, to, to Athens, to Piraeus. The yeah. islands still keeping this part like it was. So when you walk mm -hmm. in into the village of Manolas and you see that the houses, you open the doors, you open the windows, you still everything exactly like the left. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's crazy that 98% of people that go to Santorini only go to that big island. They see those other islands, but they don't go and visit. So I, I hope that picks up. I mean... It's an easy ferry ride, isn't it? You just Do you go know why, port. Sandy? Do you know why, Sandy? Why? The problem, Sandy, Lightning. is because the, the groups and they are not... So the social media today is an is amazing instrument for everybody. Okay? We actually can transmit whatever we want 
in our own way. But the thing mm -hmm. is that not all the people really know about the destination. So when everybody can speak about Santorini, most of the people, you have a group as well with us. So you know, you read the comments. If you go in Santorini, you need just three days. How yeah. many times we read something like this? Three days. There's no way to leave Santorini in three days. Santorini, you need 10 days. Santorini. Well, some people, some people are very pressed for time. But anyway, that's our job, Gianluca. We're here to educate people and to make sure that people maybe get a little bit off the beaten track and try and discover some of these amazing things that are so easy to see and do. I mean, visiting Thrasia is practically free. What, what's it? A couple of euro on the on the on the little ferry. So there are two ways. There's the the tour, the volcano yep. tour of the day during the morning. One is dropping off in Thrasia and gives you two hours of free time to enjoy Thrasia. But if you don't want to join a tour, you go to Amudi Bay. That is the port, the picturesque port in Ia. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows for the fish tavern that have the octopus standing uh, yep. under the sun. And that's three times a day, there's a tender, a small boat that is doing the connection and it's only one euro. Mm. Yeah, one euro. Okay, I just thought it was one two. Euro. So it's, I know, what a great day trip. And there's some very pretty places on Thrasia. The Instagrammers can still get their lovely shots. They can still take their selfies. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not ear, but as you say, it's very authentic. There's some beautiful little tavernas with some lovely food. A couple of them, anyway. I, I can't remember many, but um, I, I highly recommend it, and I hope I hope a lot of our listeners um, take note of this one. And in particular, I've got a couple of other places I just quickly want to mention to you that I think are worth seeing and doing. I've been um, chatting with the Santorini Arts Factory, mm -hmm. so the converted what was it, a tomato? Tomato factory? Santorini Kenny, Kenny? during the past was really famous for the production of uh, tomatoes. My mm -hmm. uh, father-in-law as well was working when he was 10 years old in a, in, a, in a tomatoes factory. On the island there were five. Actually, you can't understand what was a factory. You saw in Plijada, is the most important today is a museum, is the art factory museum. Uh, yeah. where It's amazing because you, you, when you get inside, you, uh, you see the old Santorini. Uh, mm -hmm. You see the old Santorini, you see what, uh, how they were living, actually, on the island. Tomatoes, what's really important, the, the little Santorini and tom tomatoes, it's amazing, is a small one. And uh, they're making a sauce called Bertet, for sure you try it. Because when mm -hmm. you drink wine at Santo Wines as well, or in all the wineries, you enjoy uh, the, 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 the Bertet with, with, with wine. You mentioned, it's right to mention, is in the, in the location of Lijada. Blicada, mm -hmm. it's amazing for the for all. Blicada, it's amazing for um, for the beach because it's really quiet beach. There's the uh, you can visit the museums. It takes usually one hour and a half the visit. Yeah, and also the the the, the kind and the shapes of the hill. Uh, it's it's absolutely amazing because it's been shaped by the lava rivers. I've just found them to be very professional and um, and very proactive too. So I I hope that does really well for them. I guess, I mean, we're running a bit short of time. There's so many things we could talk about. I mean, you mentioned all the museums. There's certainly, what did you say, 30 of them? It's, it's around 30. You have in Fira, uh, the archaeological, the prehistoric one, and the World Paintings Museum. There's a religion yeah. museum. There's a minery museum. There's a, a maritime museum. There's a, 
and iconographic museums. Uh, exactly, there are actually 20 or 24 museums around. There's in Messaria, there's in Contocori, there's in Nia, there's in Paris and Perivolos, there's in Fira, there's in, in Megalocori, there's the museum, the winery museum in Messaria. There are yeah. several museums, and of course, the archaeological site. A new experience, uh, something maybe you didn't try, is the Lost Atlantis Museum. You know what it is? No, well, I can imagine, but... <laughs> it's just amazing. The Lost Atlantis Museum is a, uh, a nine-dimension museum uh, mm. where you, you can actually live on your skin the eruption, the tsunamis, and the earthquake of the Minoan time because oh, wow. you feel uh, to be into the eruptions, into the volcano. It's a multi-language experience where Plato's, the hologram of Plato speaks several languages, teaching us what is Atlantis and why everybody thinks the Santorini could be Atlantis. What do you think? <laughs> what I think? Yeah, uh, do you look, think When I was 12, 13 years old, my first book that I read was of Jules Verne. And I wasn't uh, crazy about Atlantis myth. Um, uh, I just say that now I'm living on Atlantis. Yeah, no, I I think there's um there's definitely something there, and it's definitely worth um exploring some more. I hope they find more evidence of that in the future. The sorry, Sandy, the the archaeological side of Akrotiri. It's uh, when you read about Atlantis, what Plato said, and the description of Plato's about Atlantis. Okay. Uh, the way they were building the houses, the double uh, floors, uh, the way we were using the houses, they were using the thermal springs of the volcano to produce uh, warm water in the house, the channel buildings, the, the, the marketplace. You see everything into uh, the archaeological side of Akrotiri. Yeah. So when you walk in, if you read before the, the Plato's um, explanation about Atlantis, or you, you do, for example, the Lost Atlantis Museum when actually... Plato shows you by holograms and multimedia and with technology, of course, the new technology shows you how it was. And then you go to Akrotiri, you see everything because Akrotiri today is not rocks. Akrotiri are still standing. You see the mm -hmm. beds, you see uh, the sink of the bathroom, you see parts of the house that actually, and uh, the way of building of the house that is exactly like we could do today. But it's a 4,000 years old city. So then you start thinking, you start inquiring yourself, mm. what's that? <laughs> yeah, my um, my husband loves to see that, especially because he's a builder. So um, seeing all of these places and the amazing uh, engineering and the mathematics that went into all the construction and, yeah, it's quite incredible, as you say, to just process it in your head sometimes and you feel very small and very stupid. <laughs> Exactly. I'm. Yeah. I'm fully agree with you. Uh, if you if you go inside and you see the way they cut it, the big marble uh, longstone, uh, big marble stone, or the obsidian, mm. uh, there is obsidian as you know. There's uh, only mm -hmm. the diamond can cut obsidian in this yeah. way. The first question, yeah, the first question you are gonna ask yourself is how they did it four thousand years ago? Amazing. They didn't have it? laser. They didn't have, but they cut it, and it's perfectly cut it in an orthogonal way. Or, for example, your husband is a builder. So when you get in Akrotiri and you pay attention to the doors and the windows, okay, you see the upper part exactly. <laughs> you see the, the way of the building, the columns, but as well um, the, the wooden column up to yeah. the 
um, to the door or to the window. There is a way of yeah. building of today to make it stronger. And the houses are still standing. Uh, They are still standing as well because the big eruption, the Minon eruption, um, erupted uh, Pumis Rock. And Pumis Rock, Mm -hmm. let's say, was like snow covering a portion of the island starting from Fira till the lighthouse. So Akrotirio is in the middle. And there are some part of the island with more than 70 meters high Pumis. So Mm -hmm. they actually covered it. So what's easy, because Pumis is so light, so what's easier, of course, to don't destroy them? Mm. Yeah, okay. Well, Gianluca, we could speak for another hour, I think, about all the things to do on Santorini. We could talk about the beaches and we could talk about the shopping that's dear to my heart. We could talk, especially all those jewellery shops. Um, (laughs) About the beaches. About the what? The beaches? So if you want to talk about the beaches, of course, Santorini is a volcano. So white beaches, white sand yep. gold beaches, no, no way to find in Santorini. Who comes over no. here? Of course, it's not the wish, but there are really nice beaches. Camare yep. is, uh, is the black beach close to the airport and is uh, a typical family location, couple's location, where is the, the seaside, so romantic, especially in August, with the yellow lights mm-hmm. turned on. There are sometimes music playing, uh, nice restaurants to enjoy. The beach is little bit is with people, so it's a little bit. Um, uh, I don't like mm. the kind of sand of rocky that is. They're not the, the best beaches in Greece, but you don't go to Santorini for the beaches. I mean, I love Peris and Perivolos, but Peris and Perivolos sand is, yeah. uh, by my opinion, is absolutely amazing. Shallow waters, clean water. You see the bottom. Um, you, it's really large. It's huge. It's comfort. And it's clean. If you so we've run out of time, but if you could pick just one other activity that you think people visiting Santorini should do, one other activity for all the people doing visiting Santorini. So let's make a little bit uh, turn. Catamaran cruise, sunset yep. cruise on the, to visit the volcano. Yeah, uh, diving is the next experience. There's a couple of shipwrecks. Santorini is a volcano, but there are. Exactly. There are two shipwrecks on the island, and then you yep. can dive both. There's also the caves. It's one of the most famous locations of the island for divers. At the lighthouse, mm-hmm. so southwest of the island, there's a point where there's a big cave. It's around 20 meters deep in the water, and it's actually linking. You get into one side of the island, and you throw out, and you'll be in the caldera. So for who, oh, wow. who loves diving... Santorini offer as well so much time. Then the the last activity is eating. <laughs> Especially those Santorini tomato fritters, right? Tomato fritters. Tomato. You can try a moussaka, of course, a local moussaka and a local fish, uh, fried fish. And if you want to try the lobster, it's a really famous lobster of Santorini. They, they grow on the volcano and it's brown. Um, melitini. You know what is melitini? Melitini is a sweet is a local sweet original from Santorini, from the village of Pyrgos, mm-hmm. that is the typical Easter uh, sweet, and it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's with mizithra, that is like, like ricotta. <laughs> if you want, but it, we are a tour operator, okay? We work with the thousands of accommodations all over Greece, and in Santorini, of course, most because I'm, I'm here. And if you want to spend money, you find amazing location where you stay, okay? Like uh, Canaves, like um, Celestia Ground, like uh, Volcano View are amazing hotels built on the rock, built on the cliff, swimming pool infinities or Cabo Tagu, 
But if you want to leave the island in a cheap way, it's absolutely you can. And of course, as well for the food, I said you can leave Santorini eating with five euros. If you want to eat a pita gyros, it's two euros and fifty cents. If you eat in a small local tavern, you spend fifteen twenty euros per 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 head. So it's not an expensive island like Mykonos or like uh, if I go in Santorini, there's all expensive way to live. No, absolutely not. Santorini in the in the last years. All the people, all the owners, um, hotel owners, are spending so much in the quality. But the quality is not only in the expensive one. The expensive one, of course, are the expensive one at the top because you have amazing amenities. But also the medium or the low level of the apartments, accommodation, studios on the island, you still find quality. You still find places where you get in and you say, wow, it's only 50 euros per day and this, this is the room. Yes, it is. Gianluca, what are some of the mistakes that you think um, most visitors to Santorini typically the make? Um, look, Santorini, as we said, it's an island that you, you have to live. Okay, you have to drive around, you have to feel it to understand what it is. So my uh, suggestion is to all the uh, tourists, travelers coming to Santorini, don't stop to the first feedback you find on the on on, on the web. Uh, people. A tourist is a tourist. If you really want to leave the island, you have to ask and you have to trust a local one. The local one knows the island bad, better than anyone. A tourist knows the island knows the island just for the three, four days that is, is, is coming on the island. So he doesn't know actually the hidden places, the, the secrets, let's say, of the island. So try to find someone. There are so many, there are so many companies like me on the island we are totally dedicated to tailor-made, customized uh, traveling, so tours, accommodations, anything, but we are local, okay? So also in a few days, just in four days, we're going to set up a program to really discover what you need to discover in Santorini. If you just follow the web, you just follow, uh, okay, do the sunset in here, do Fira, do the um, walk and the catamaran and that's all, you will lose the island, you miss the island. The Greek hospitality is one of the best quality, of course, we have. And I say we have because, as you know, I'm Sicilian, but Sicilian is which was part of Greece. So actually, um, you feel the same thing. In Italian, we say una faccia una, rat- una razza. So we are the same people. And that's the way. Hospitality, it's a, it's a must over here. To be friendly, polite, and, and to have hospitality with our customers, that actually you become friends in less than five minutes. The famous Greek philotomer, right? Doing good for others. So, Gianluca, uh, for listeners at home, tell us a little bit more about your business. So, actually, my my company is Med Shore Tools Group. Med Shore Tools. So, that's Med, M-E-D, as in Mediterranean. And I'll be putting a link to Gianluca's business um, in the notes for the podcast. Okay, here's a trick question for you. If you could live anywhere else in Greece apart from Sandorini, where would that be? Look, I love Athens. Athens and especially the side of Glyfada, it's amazing. Okay, I really love Athens because when you walk in Athens close to the Acropolis and all, you are in a museum. Okay, Athens, it's just amazing. And I'm Italian, I've been walking as well in Rome. But when you walk in Athens, you see, you go to Mount of Ligabetos, it's this is, you, you feel part of the history. But a place that stayed in my heart in a, in a special, 
let's say, uh, way, of course, everything is up from the period. To live all the year long, Athens. A place where I love to come back to travel is Meteore. Meteore is where there are the monasteries built on the, on the hills, on the rocks. It's a peaceful location where you, you can really get relaxed and you can think with yourself. Oh, look, we absolutely love it there too. We visited on our last trip, we actually flew into Yanina. Yanina, yes. Yeah, it just blew our minds. I just can't recommend it enough. In fact, the whole, the mainland, I mean, the Peloponnese just is so wonderful. And there's so many great things to see on the mainland. It, it baffles me really that pe more people don't go there. Absolutely. Don't forget this. Spartans War, the Peloponnese Wars. So when you go over there, there are the, Thermo the Th Thermopylae. You go through Thermopylae and you pass from Thermopylae. Greece is everywhere history. And, and you said something really right. You have to drive. Don't just catch the bus. Don't just catch the train. Don't just catch an airplane. Athens, you get Athens or, Thessal or Thessaloniki, Saloniko, and then drive. Get a car and go around. Peloponnese as well is an amazing part of Greece, like Crete. Balos Beach in Crete or La Phoenicia's Beach. Yes, we've had a lovely, wonderful holiday in Crete um, with our kids. The beaches there are truly just some of the best um, in the world. And of course, we have the best in the world in Australia, but those beaches in Crete really are something special. You know, Sandy, a nice, uh, a nice, adjet, a nice way to explain Greece. Uh, I says that Greece is the land of gods where you discover the true emotions. It's not just for Santorini. You feel positive atmosphere everywhere. You feel the history everywhere. You feel the myth. You feel the legends. You feel to be in a fairy tale, but in a good way. I think you're very right. There's something you can't put your finger on um, when you're in Greece, but there is a very spiritual and very um, something that runs very deep, makes you feel very small, and um, there's nothing like it really anywhere on the planet. Look, we've run out of time. I've really enjoyed chatting to you again. Um, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you uh, next year when I am back on that wonderful island as well. Thank you so much, Sandy. I was really, it was my honor and my pleasure. Um, I want to wish everybody to come to Greece. And I want to uh, let's invite everybody. Right now, we are actually COVID-free. So, discover, enjoy Greece. Uh, all you need is Greece. Is the, is the new uh, way of uh, marketing, as you know, from the Greek government. But I say, all you need is Santorini. So, we'll see you in Santorini. Gianluca, and stay safe. Yasu. For our listeners at home, I hope you've all enjoyed this episode on Santorini. For more information and to see some of the some resources about some of the things that we've spoken about today, head on over to greasetravelsecrets.com and underneath uh, destinations you'll find a Santorini page. On that page there's many, many articles. There's things to do, where to stay, uh, some of the most exclusive ER accommodation. I've written a long article about how to have an amazing honeymoon on Sandorini. Uh, there's some very detailed itineraries and there's also a couple of um, niche 
articles that I really recommend you read. One is about riding a donkey on Sandorini. I really urge you to read that article. And another is about the differences between Sandorini and Mykonos. And that's particularly for people that may not have a lot of time. They're trying to choose between one or the other. And it basically summarises what the key differences are between those two islands. So again, greasetravelsecrets.com. Please head on over there and I look forward to seeing you also, I hope, in our Facebook group, Greece Travel Planning. My next episode should be out in a couple of weeks and it's on Milos, another extraordinary island that I really, really urge you to put on your itinerary. So thanks again for listening in and until next time.